coming to DLF Family, a podcast. That's Stompy the Bear. I uh, licked all the doorknobs in St. Louis. That oh boy, someone has to. I am John. I like the way you move, Hogue. And this is the Super Flex Super Show. So I just have to tell you real quick before we get started, Stomp. Uh, like, so you got here later than I did. And uh, with my free time, instead of prepping for the podcast, I Googled Stompy. And that was the first thing that came up is Stompy the Bear. And uh, there's a there's an entire song that goes with it. Um, I think can I'm going to have to learn it. it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you know me too well. That was going to be my question. Um, that, that should be your intro song, but I think that you need to sing it. Here comes Stompy the Bear. Some say he is brown and he will shake this town if he ever comes this way again. Some say he is green and really, really mean, but he just wants someone to boogie with. Go! Here comes Stompy the Bear. Here comes all right, I like that. Yeah. Here comes yeah. Stompy the Bear. Here comes Stompy the Bear. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, pretty sweet. Some people think he's pink. All right, I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, anyways, so yeah, now that we got that part figured out, we've got you a proper uh, intro song <laughs> from now on, <laughs> so we can we can move on to something a little slightly less important. And uh, talk about free agency a little bit. Now, you and I have already had this discussion on uh, on our other podcast uh, that came out at the beginning of the week. So um, we and we kind of talked about on FF Mercs. We kind of talked about uh, the impact of of some of the moves that had that had gone down. You know, at the very beginning of the week, basically everything on Monday. We talked about that stuff kind of more from an NFL standpoint. So uh, I'd like to get a little bit more into what does this mean for dynasty purposes? And it just so happens that we've got brand new Superflex ADP for the month of March available at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Thank you for every to everybody who participated in those mock drafts, by the way, and uh, that helped us compile this new ADP. Um, so we did four mock drafts and came up with consensus ADP and uh, they just wrapped up today, like minutes before we started recording. So we're going to look at the consensus ADP on some of these players and talk about, you know, the effect that free agency is likely to have on them when we do this again uh, in, a, in a couple weeks uh, for the April DL, uh, the April ADP. At DLF, so um, we'll just go straight down the list because uh, the first name that comes up for me is Deshaun Watson. Um, so he loses DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona in that trade. He gains David Johnson, and above all else, we kind of find out that Bill Bryan is is just an absolute idiot. Look, well, <laughs> uh, like. Everybody will say that after the trade, and I've, yeah. I've said this many times before, I hate Steve Kime. Steve Kime is an atrocious GM. 
but he just <laughs> fleeced. I mean, fleeced Bill O'Brien. Yeah. And and even more in the context that Todd Gurley was just released. Yeah. Someone's so, going to get him super cheap. So Todd Gurley was released, who has been more productive over the last two seasons than David Johnson. Yeah. And you traded your best, arguably your best. I mean, Dejan Watson, JJ Watt, I know. But arguably your best player and definitely your best skill position player. Yep. For a 28-year-old running back who hasn't been healthy <laughs> in two seasons. Who's got just as bad of a contract as Todd yeah, Gurley. And, and that that's the biggest thing for me. His contract is atrocious. And yeah. like we've seen things in the past where, and I've used this example as well. Brock Osweiler was traded for along with a second pick for Cleveland to take on his contract. You just traded DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth round pick to get David Johnson and a fourth round pick or a second round pick. Yeah. You, you gained two spots in the draft by trading by base effectively just taking on David Johnson's contract. Like yeah. it's just, it, the mind like just reels at like <laughs> yeah. how stupid that trade is. And then we get the news that, Apparently, Deion, and this is I this is hearsay at this point because it's coming from Michael Urban's mouth. Right. DeAndre, I don't think DeAndre Hopkins verified it. Although when has Michael Urban ever strayed us That's wrong? True. I don't know. I mean cocaine, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, cocaine I hookers. I don't I got I got <laughs> yeah. Um said some compared DeAndre Hopkins to Aaron Hernandez, the murderer, <laughs> the murderer Aaron Hernandez. Yeah, who killed himself in a jail cell. Yeah, but. and he he compared him to Aaron Hernandez, and talked about apparently DeAndre Hopkins has kids with several wi- or a few women. I'm not going to say several because that just <laughs> <laughs> it <laughs> makes it sound like huge. <laughs> the 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 hand gestures that you made <laughs> yeah. just kind of made it look like there's this vast network of right. women spawning a little baby nuke. Right, <laughs> but so there were apparently he didn't like having his baby mamas around, and it was just yeah. like. I don't know how much more racist this Houston team can get because <laughs> didn't Bill McNair Bob compare McNair. Bob McNair? Yeah, still compare yeah. his players to to um, felons <laughs> when they were doing the kneeling stuff uh, two years ago. Is that and now you got? I believe that right. that's true. And then now you have Bill O'Brien doing some crazy nonsense. I I got nothing for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, uh, that's all, that's all pretty bad. And I mean, even just from an NFL, like bottom line standpoint. So this uh, Tom Pelissero, uh from the NFL network tweeted this out. This is just kind of the leaderboard for uh, the top paid running backs in the league right now. So Todd Gurley's $14.375 million that, that gets erased by him getting cut. So now the top, the top four uh, running backs in uh, yearly salary, um, which, you know, it excludes rookie deals, of course. But Ezekiel Elliott, $15 million. Le'Veon Bell, $13.125 million. David Johnson, $13 million. There's your top three. Number four, Austin Eckler, $6.125 million. There are three guys 
God making damn. double digit million dollars per year. And then it, it drops to 6.5 million. It drops to six, which is, uh, I mean. And Austin Eckler could end up being much more valuable than any of those three. Very easily. And, <laughs> I mean, he's he. I guarantee you he's the only one who's going to play out that entire contract. Like out of that group. That, yeah. The, it, it's just, there is absolutely no reason to pay a running back that. I like, got I got an argument today with a Cowboys fan asking after the Todd okay. Gurley news. Asking how they felt. I mean, it was a facetious tweet, but asking how they felt about that Ezekiel Elliott contract. And one one guy came after me and goes, "It's not a similar situation at all. Zeke <laughs> Zeke has never been never missed a game due to injury, um, and he got fourteen hundred yards in that after the six game suspension or something like that." Yeah, and I go, "Okay, first and foremost, he hasn't been injured yet, yet. Right, he's in running back position. Yep." He's still only like 24. I'm I'm quite sure that nobody expected. Well, David Johnson, David Johnson's contract extension looks really bad now because he had he was injured an entire season with that wrist and then signed his contract. Yeah. Like, how does that make any sense? Right. Um, and then uh Todd Gurley, I don't think anybody expect I mean, Todd Gurley did have the knee. Um in college, but I don't think anybody expected him to just fall off the face of the planet after he signed his contract. Not that he did, but I mean, to regress the way he did. Yeah. And you never know with running backs. I mean, Zeke, the amount of usage he gets, he's bound to get injured, but then we have to add in the suspension stuff. And then this guy came back at me and he was like, that was a bullshit suspension. They didn't find anything. And I was like, well, I mean, he was still acting like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. uh, he still had had video of him pulling up a woman's um, shirt, <laughs> yeah, which is sexual harassment at least. So he does have his off-field issues, but it's just one of those things where, like, no running back is safe to sign for that. I mean, Austin Eckler's contract is about what I would give, and I believe his is three years. Yeah. And he doesn't get full use, full time usage. He's going to be in a committee with Justin Jackson at this point, unless they sign somebody or or, or draft somebody. Yeah, yeah. It, it there's just there's absolutely no that that's the other thing. I mean, there's three guys in that range who are making essentially way too much money. And what we know is, you know, Le'Veon Bell, number two. Uh, they, I mean, they, they regretted that contract about as soon as that, like the ink wasn't even dry as they, as they hired Adam Gase, they were like, shit. Yeah. 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 He didn't want them. They, they fired the GM, uh, McKagan or or whatever. And, and, you know, because, because of that contract, like they, they don't want to be stuck in that one. They tried to unload him at the trade deadline and couldn't find anyone who was dumb enough to take on that contract. And now the Rams did the exact same thing. They tried to trade Gurley and everybody's like, why would we do that? Why would you pay a guy that much when they're replacement level guys mm-hmm. all over this league and a, in a, just an army of them coming in in this year's draft? I mean, we like, saw it. We, we've seen it. Each of the last two years, Damian Williams came on late for Kansas City. Should have been the Super Bowl MVP for Kansas City last season. Had like two years, three six million dollar contract. Raheem Mostert was the RB three before the season started. Became the starter, and you're talking about two guys who <laughs> were running backs on Super Bowl teams. 
It's yeah. so stupid. Like I, I like the Austin Eckler signing because I think he's extremely valuable in what he can do. Yeah. Um, with the pat, like he's basically Christian McCaffrey light. Yeah. Um, just won't get as much usage, and he's only getting six and a half million. Yeah. I'm not trade. I'm not giving guys thirteen plus million dollars to be a running back when they can get injured. Like the, I think they're the most oft injured uh, skill position. Oh yeah. So it's just, it's not smart to sign running backs to huge contracts. Yeah. I mean, look, and and Melvin, I, it'll be, it'll be hard. I think for Melvin Gordon or Todd Gurley to sign for more than a year or for yeah. less money. Yeah. You'll get a show me contract somewhere, but it's, it's not, yeah, it's not going to be worth nearly, you know, they're not going to make it into that, you know, 15, 13 million range. And they shouldn't, I mean, there's absolutely no reason to pay them that, but that's the thing. Like it makes no sense to sign a running back for that much, but I, you know, I could, I could make the argument for signing, you know, if, if Houston wanted to sign Todd Gurley or sign Melvin Gordon, um, you know, even like you're still going to get them at a little bit of a discount. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can make the case for that, especially when that's the big piece that that team is missing is in the running game. But it makes it, it, it still doesn't make a lot of sense to make that move. What makes zero sense is to trade your best player for a guy who's worse than that and eat that entire contract. Like there's absolutely it, it's it's. It is pretty ridiculous, but I mean, we could dunk on them forever because that's one of the worst moves in NFL history. Yeah. Um, but the guy that I'm really curious about here is Deshaun Watson, what this does to him um, going forward for you. So in uh, March ADP, he was the quarterback three. He was consensus uh, number five overall um, in one draft. Uh, so he went as high as number three um, behind Pat Mahomes ahead of Lamar Jackson. Uh, in the consensus, though, he was third uh, quarterback three behind Mahomes and Lamar Jackson um, ahead of Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, etc. cetera. Uh, so first of all, it, it, when we run these mock drafts in April, uh, what do you expect for Deshaun Watson? Do you think he stays in that range? Do you think he drops precipitously? Maybe a small drop. What do you think? I think it'll be a small drop. I mean, I can see Zeke, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara going ahead of him. Yeah. The interesting part is I think that both Watson and DeAndre Hopkins drop here. Now it's how do they drop in the rankings at their respective positions? Kyler Kyler Murray's going at QB4 right now, which I don't agree with. Right. Um, I would rather have Prescott, Wilson, Wentz, Possibly, or no, I would like Josh Allen ahead of him as well. So he's still top 10, but I'm I'm taking him in the back end of the second round. Yeah. Um, for me, I can, with Amari Cooper back with Mike McCarthy, I almost feel better about Dak Prescott than I do Deshaun Watson at this point. So right. <laughs> honestly, I could see with the – um, with the Amari Cooper signing, I could see Dak Prescott making a little bit of a jump. I can see Jazan Watson um, going into the or dropping into the top of the second. Yeah, if if you were to do uh, these uh, Superflex Dynasty rankings, um, 
you know, starting kind of with your, your, like your template, kind of your baseline being this ADP. I mean, is that where you would have Deshaun Watson? Kind of like I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can drop him that far. Yeah, I can drop him in terms of round one, like going in the back end of round one. Yeah, but I mean, I, you could you could kind of have Dak come up and and Watson go down, and they kind of meet in the middle with Dak jumping ahead of him. Yeah, absolutely. So I could, I mean, Dak could go in the middle of the one first round, mm-hmm. um, Dak or and uh, Watson going in the back end. So th- that's absolutely true. I, th- the reason that I hesitate here is I, with his current pass catchers, I don't love it at all. Yeah. Because you have Will Fuller, who's always injured. You have David Johnson, who's been injured each of the last two seasons or three seasons. Yep. Um, he missed the yeah. It was uh, missed the entirety of twenty seventeen. Is that right? Yeah, that was the wrist, I believe. And then what was twenty eighteen? I can't remember. Anyway, he's injured. <laughs> the point point is he's injured. Kenny Stills, and then you have the two. You have Jordan Akins and Darren Fells, and then um, Duke Johnson. Which I that's another part of that trade that's ter- tremendously bad. And, and our other our partner Matt Williams on our other podcast made the, a great argument. It's like those two don't pair well together because yeah. David Johnson's strong suit is pass catching. Duke Johnson's strong suit is pass catching. Usually you want one or you want one of each. You want to, you want to in between the tackles guy and a, and a third down pass catcher type. And you have two of those. So I don't know what you're doing. By the way, when I, uh, when I told you the, the top four, uh, highest paid running backs. Number five is Duke Johnson. Five point two million. God. So you've got almost twenty million dollars committed to the running back. How, did, how does two, like he's been a bad mediocre guys? He's been a bad coach for a while, and then you give him the GM position, and this is like his <laughs> first major move as a GM. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, just wanted to dunk on him just a right. little bit more. So I don't know where the Texans are picking in the draft. Um, they don't have a first round pick. Then, uh, then I don't know. Seconds now, so which was part uh, of the reason for the trade was to get was to acquire a little bit of draft capital because they've got a lot of moves, uh, a a lot of positions that need to be filled. So now they've got two second round picks. Um, so I would expect one of those to be a wide receiver, Mm -hmm. maybe both. (laughs) Yeah, at this point. But if you get something like a Justin Jefferson, it's not as bad, but you're still relying on a rookie wide receiver at that point. So mm-hmm. I still think he's going to jump or drop, whether that be behind Dak and possibly Russ. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I could definitely see it where he drops into the top of the second. You see Russ, Kyler, and Dak jump um, into the back of the first. Yeah. So as far as what's going to actually happen, I mean, I've 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 got my thoughts and I'm, curious of yours too but i mean i think deshaun watson um i i think drafters are going to let deshaun watson drop into the second round uh behind for sure behind kyler murray i mean kyler murray's gonna jump into the top half of the first round um dak prescott uh might not even move i mean he he should go up a little bit but i mean it he's uh 201 in this march adp uh, I, I think people were just kind of assuming that Amari Cooper was going to be back, even though it wasn't official yet. So, you know, that's 
I, if, if Amari had left, I can't imagine that Dak would have stayed there at two Oh one. So I think he probably stays. I think Russ probably stays. Like I said, Kyler is going to jump and I, I would be willing to bet you that Deshaun Watson in next month's ADP is somewhere around the middle of the second round, which yeah, is too far, by the way. I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, pro- it's probably true at this point. I mean, we're going to overreact to Kyler, so Kyler's going to become the QB3, which he shouldn't. Yeah. And I could go on that rant forever because it's my Baker <laughs> It's my Baker Mayfield rant from last year just applied to the next Oklahoma QB. Yeah. Well, so let's, let's get to both of those guys at the same time then because we've got Hopkins at 109, uh, court, our wide receiver two. In ADP, and then we've got Murray at 112, quarterback four. Um, we know both of those guys are probably going to move up. Like that, that stack is just going to yeah. kind of rise together. I don't know if Hopkins will, but really, where, where Hopkins is at, it's just kind of, yeah, he'll stay in that eight, probably seven to 10 range. He might go up a little bit, but nothing like significant here. Obviously, we're still in the first round, so it's not gonna, like he's going to make a monster jump anyway. Yeah, there's not a lot of room for him. But I mean, I'm not I can't put him above Michael Thomas at this point. Can you? Oh, no. Not I for me he he would drop. Like if I had my way, if I if I was the only one drafting in these, I'd drop him below Devonte Adams for sure. I'd drop him below Tyreek Hill. Like I would I, I agree with that. I actually might drop him behind Juju and possibly Godwin at this point. Yeah. Like, honestly, Hopkins is not a good fit for that offense. And, well, and we've we've kind of talked about that one on on FF Mercs, but you know, yeah, just, I mean, it's 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 a four wide, generally four wide offense. Yeah. So the amount of looks you're gonna get, it, I mean, the top two targets for the Cardinals last year were Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald at 109, and I believe Larry Larry Fitzgerald had 109 targets. Christian Kirk had 108, mm-hmm. and then David Johnson had 47, which is third. Yeah. Um, but you still have Keyshawn Johnson. You still have Andy Isabella. If they go tight end, you still have uh, you 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 have a tight end there as well. Um, Chase, you have Kenyon Drake who who can is involved in the passing game. It's not like he's the only target in town anymore. I mean, who else did you really trust as a target in Houston besides DeAndre Hopkins? Nobody. So he's not getting 150 targets every year again. I mean, you could foreseeably see him getting like 120 targets this season. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like the absolute most. Right, whereas Um, like – all of these other guys, Tyreek's not a target hog, but he's a uh, efficiency guy. So he's going to get long targets. So you don't need that, but he's been putting up numbers each of the past three seasons. Juju mm-hmm. Smith Schuster gets Ben Roethlisberger back, which is far and away a better QB situation than he had last season. Yeah. Um, and could be, I mean, top 12 again with, with Ben, uh, Chris Godwin just got Tom Brady. Yeah. Who, who throws it to, um, the slot receivers, and I believe Chris Godwin played like 60 plus percent from the slot last season. Yeah. And good. so he's probably going to get peppered with targets. So the other, th- these other guys, either their efficiency or their target situations get better. And DeAndre Hopkins to me gets worse. And so, yeah, dropping him behind possibly Chris Godwin into the back of the second is something I would do. Now, moving forward, because there's, 
I, I, realistically in the community because there's so much love for Kyler and now Kyler is going to get that DeAndre Hopkins bump. And because of the love for Kyler, DeAndre Hopkins will get a bump as well. Yeah. Even though he shouldn't. And people need to think about that. Yeah. I, he probably, I, I think he'll just stay where he's at. Maybe jump a little bit because Deshaun Watson will drop down a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that I, what I feel is he should drop. What I know will happen is he'll either stay or jump up a couple spots. Yeah. Yeah, there might not be a whole lot of room for him to move up, but um, Kyler, though, like, I, I, how high do you think he goes? <laughs> um, it, do you think quarterback two is possible for him? I don't think so. Not with Lamar. Yeah. I um, hope not. I mean. That would be wild. We, we put out a poll on FF Mercs that I think it was like 25% or something said, Kyler Murray. So those people are out there, mm-hmm. but I just can't see it. I, I could, I could definitely see like top five where he replaces John Watson. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That one feels like a slam dunk, but how far I, I mean, like no, no, probably... I'm, at, I'm at top five, like picks, like the yeah. fifth pick. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, so obviously, again, if you were doing these rankings, like you're not going to drop him because he got DeAndre Hopkins. Um, So I guess it would be more like a correction. So um, where where do you feel like Kyler belongs in ADP? Um, And like where where did you feel like he belonged in ADP just in terms of quarterbacks? It doesn't have to be overall, just just the quarterbacks. Um, before and after getting DeAndre Hopkins. I'm so, curious if it makes much of a difference at all for you. I would have put him probably at QB six, seven, eight, QB nine. Okay. Joe Burrow. Why is Joe Burrow going so early? That's wild. Yeah. Jesus. These rookies are going way too early. Daniel Jones. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm just getting a look at this ADP like deeper down we go but i I would still have i would have had him at qb9 um i could definitely see the jump over allen um though i like allen's stamina better uh just because of his size but i could definitely see i i I can make an argument to put kyler murray above josh allen but i still want Wentz. i still want russ i still want dak ahead of um kyler yeah that sounds about right i i mean I've got a few other guys. <laughs> Obviously, Aaron Jones uh, to me, or, or Aaron Rodgers. Sorry, goes yeah, ahead. Just, of... <laughs> all right. I'm not having but... this tonight. <laughs> we'll we'll see. I might drag you into it, but um, I mean, uh, like the the other guys, kind of in that. The one thing that I think we do agree on is that. Um, there's a, an entire tier of, of kind of older established quarterbacks, um, you know, obviously more pocket passer type of guys, but you know, Matt Ryan, Matthew Stafford, uh, I guess those are, those are kind of the main ones. Um, I, I'll, along I'll, with give, I'll give Kyler the benefit of, he will probably get 500 plus rushing yards, which is, is huge. Yeah. Um, but he still he had under four thousand yards last season. I don't. I'd have to look this up, but yeah, um, I don't remember how many passes he threw. But it's not like he threw a ton of passes either. Yeah, uh, he'll be like a combo 
probably 4,500 maximum yards from scrimmage. He only, well, he threw the ball 542 times. Wow. But I had, a, had under 1,000 or 4,000 yards. Yeah. Interception percentage was pretty high too. I just – I don't – I don't understand. Like are people just not looking at his passing numbers? Yeah, I mean – When they take this into account? Like he, he wasn't – I mean I understand he was a rookie. I get it. But at the same time, 542 passes and you get under 4,000 yards. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very short, like kind of a West Coast-style offense, but like a lot of short passing. I mean, didn't he have a pretty short uh, yards per attempt? Yards per attempt was 6.9. Yeah. So not the best. Yeah. And like like – I think a lot of people are just excited about that rushing upside, but yeah, he's small. Like size does matter when you're running the ball and he's a small dude. Yeah. Like it, I size doesn't matter in terms of throwing the ball because we have seen guys like Drew Brees and Russ Wilson and Baker Mayfield at, at one point be successful in the NFL. But when you're, ta- when you're tucking and running and you're a small guy, you're easy, easier to take down. You're easier to injure, mm-hmm. um, even more so than guys like Lamar Jackson, obviously Josh Allen as well, Josh Allen being a monster person. Yeah. Um, so that's just my hesitation with Kyler is if you're not going to run the ball, you better make up with it up for Or if you're not going to get at near a 1,000 yards, you better make up for it with your arm in order to be that high. Like he's a QB4 in Dynasty. Yeah. In order to be that high, you better – give me something that well makes me feel you deserve that. I don't feel like he deserves that at this point because I still don't think he's going to, I think 800 yards is a ceiling for rushing. And I just don't know about him passing right now. Right. Yeah. I, I also, I, I don't really accept the, you know, the, the rushing, uh, the rushing upside as a reason to move him higher than where he's at. Like, the entire argument is supposed to be, well, now he's got DeAndre Hopkins. So now, you know, the, the passing efficiency should be better. The passing, um, you know, h- higher yard per attempt, higher yards per completion, all of that stuff should go up. And and that's the reason to move him up. But, I mean, if that's really going to be the case, like shouldn't his rushing production suffer? I mean, just kind of like – I would think so. Yeah, it feels like – you know, that just kind of common sense, I suppose. But um, anyway, so, I mean, either way, like Kyler, to me, he's too high. Sounds like you're the kind of the same way. I mean, I think I would move him even farther down than you would. But, um, I, I mean, neither one of us have him anywhere close to where he's going here. So um, I'm looking at Hopkins' A dot from last year because it's not like Hopkins is a – Deep, super deep threat. He's a, I'm going to say a word, technician. Uh, he's a route guy. <laughs> do that. He's a um, physical guy. Yeah. So his dot 10.5. Good Lord. So that's not even top 100. Yeah. S- sorry, not even top 200. Mm-hmm. That's uh, DeAndre that's Hopkins. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, it is top 200. It's it's like 100. And... <laughs> Still. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's not like he's a deep threat. Like, yeah, he's a guy that will give you some yak. He will. He's a guy who will give you touchdowns. But it's not like he adds that dimension to Arizona all of a sudden. Right. So it's not like I, – I just don't see how Kyler Murray's A dot gets better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's a, he's a younger and, you know, honestly, like, just at this point in their respective careers, just a more athletic Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Like, I mean, but he's playing probably, kind of that same role. I I would say he's – well, I would have to look at Larry Fitzgerald because I believe Larry Fitzgerald was a uh, – no, I'm not going to even say that. I, I, I would have to look at Larry Fitzgerald's younger self again. But, yeah, I mean, I, I see where you're going with it, though, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, Kyler way too high, and he's gonna go even higher, and it's gross. Um, Dak Prescott. I, I'm I'm just gonna throw this out there again one more time. Sure. Baker Mayfield. We we this happened last year with Baker Mayfield. We all got really, or not all, not we all, because I was yelling from the rooftops. Yeah. People were bashing me. <laughs> yeah, and and I mean. You know, a, a lot of people, and, and I'll admit, I fell into the trap a little bit that, I mean, I, I wasn't going to go as high as a lot of people had Baker Mayfield. I mean, some people had him first overall. Um, you know, I to me, he was still nowhere near top five uh, just by getting Odell Beckham Jr. But I was excited about, you know, both Beckham and and uh, Baker for, you know, just the, the fact that, you know, they're they're kind of on the same offense like it felt like that stack just kind of gets a boost and you know there were definitely some people who who were still on the you know the narrative that it's it's not that easy to go from for a wide receiver to go from one offense to another and immediately start to produce and we see it consistently that there's there's a learning curve you know for all of these guys it doesn't matter how good you are there's it just takes a little bit of time to develop that chemistry with the quarterback to learn the playbook to learn you know the the new the new reads and everything um there's it, it and it just takes some time so you know i i i think that i i think that we're kind of in a, the the same situation with deandre hopkins here especially going to that cliff kingsbury offense that like clearly it's it's a complex one it's a you know it's an up tempo one like you've got to process information fast um it, you know because he's they're going to go no huddle a lot they're going to go four wide a lot and depending on where you're at on the field your assignments are going to be you know very different and you're going to have to recognize it right away um you're not going to have the opportunity to get into the huddle and reset you know so like I, I think that we're kind of in for that with DeAndre Hopkins, and I think that that entire offense is probably going to suffer a little bit, um, you know, at least relative to everybody's expectations, uh, while DeAndre Hopkins gets up to speed. So, next guy though, let's uh, let's get to Dak Prescott real quick. So he gets franchised. I mean, I think that they're just buying some time so that they can get him on a long term deal. In the meantime, though, I mean, you do get a quarterback, a very good quarterback going into a walk year. So um, yet again, which was uh, I mean, that that's another one of those narratives that seems to play out every single year. Um, 
so you know you you it, at least right now that's what that's the situation you've got with Dak Prescott. On top of that, they uh, so I mean they move on from Jason Witten, which to me is addition by subtraction. Um, now you get Blake Jarwin, far more uh, athletic, um, just an overall better pass catching tight end at this point in their careers. And now they re-sign Amari Cooper, three year deal. So Dak Prescott, I, I still don't I I don't think that he would move up very much in this ADP, especially again, you know, there's there's uh Kyler Murray's gonna move up a little bit. Um and that might be it. I mean, maybe Chris Godwin gets a gets a bump. I, I can't see him jumping that high. Yeah. Because, I mean, Michael Thomas, Hopkins, and Devontae Adams are pretty locked in as those top yeah. three. It probably jumps ahead of Juju, Tyreek, kind of iffy. Yeah. Um, so, so, I mean, but that doesn't leave any room in the first round. I mean, Deshaun Watson falling out of the first round would mean that Dak Prescott basically goes from 201 to 112. Which isn't really, I mean, in a snake draft, that's not actually anything <laughs> like that. They're the exact same pick. So, I mean, Dak Prescott probably not moving up. Um, if if but if he if they didn't re-sign Amari Cooper, down. Yep. yeah, how far down do you think he would have fell? Probably behind Baker, honestly. Yeah, is that where he belonged? No. Yeah, I mean, li- listen. As long as, I mean, Dak has had three. Is that right? Three top ten seasons and one top five season. Um, is that true? I believe so. I mean, I, he's had three seasons in the top ten, one of which was top five. Yeah. Um, and that was before Amari Cooper. Those first two seasons were before Amari Cooper. Well. Or were integrating Mari Cooper. But you had, even in that first season as a rookie, he was, he had um, Dez, Cole Beasley, Jason Witten, um, and Terrence Williams. Like, not the most inspiring of pass catchers. And he still put up a top 10 season. The guy is going to put up numbers. He's going to give you four to 500 yards on the ground. He's going to give you six. I believe he's had three straight seasons of six rushing touchdowns. And this was just his best season of his career passing. And now you get a more pass happy coach in Mike McCarthy. And you get Amari Cooper back. I, I he probably still belonged in the top six, seven anyway, because he's been able to produce regardless of pass catchers. Yeah. But he's definitely top five and arguably top four at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I've got him around five or six. Um, yeah, but yeah, I don't think that he would have fell very much if he didn't have Amari Cooper, but, um, I, I, I think he would have, I don't think he should have. Yeah, there, yeah, there you go. That's a, that's a better way to say it. Um, let's see. I, I mean, I'm thinking like Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, they get Austin Hooper. I don't know if, like, does that e- even deserve any kind of discussion? Like, do they do they move at all? Should they move at all just based on that move? Chubb and, and Mayfield, no. Yeah. 
I don't think Chubb, I mean, Chubb, listen, Chubb is going to be one of the top rushers in the league as long as he's healthy. Yeah. Um, may not be overly involved, but still probably gets 50 targets in a season. I, I'd have, let me, let me look up what his numbers were last season, but it's not like he's not, not, or he's uninvolved in the past game. He's just not as involved in some of those top end guys. Yeah. Um, so Chubb had 49 targets last season. So that's probably what you're looking at is 1400 plus rushing yards, 50 plus targets, probably get 1600 plus, um, all purpose and double digit touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. A, a bigger move would be if uh, Kareem Hunt ended up getting traded away. Yeah. And then um, you could see him jump up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, I think he should, anyways. Like Chubb and Mixon, to me, those guys should, they should for sure replace Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott in the first round. Um, you're not going to, you're not going to like the other guy. <laughs> well, I already know what you were going to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, why Ezekiel Elliott, though? I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is just kind of at that that usage, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that kind of he's kind of hit his quota, I guess. Yeah. He's he's a critical mass as far as as the usage goes. Um, and and I, you know, I put it out there on Twitter when when Todd Gurley got cut today. I said, you know, uh, um, Zeke Elliott and Le'Veon Bell await the exact same fate. And, uh, uh, you know, kind of the same as you, I had Dallas Cowboy fan coming after me over that one uh, about how there's no way that's going to happen. I was like, I'm telling you, this time next year, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be one, is going to be a trade or cut guy. Like they're going to try and trade him. And when they can't do it, they're going to cut him because that's when his dead cap at least catches up to his cap hit. Yeah. So yeah, I, I they're they're gonna try and get out of that contract in 2021. Um, that brings us actually to um, we're gonna skip over Josh Allen just for the moment and talk about both of these Tampa Bay wide receivers uh, because Chris Godwin goes at 210, Mike Evans goes at 212. Um, that's when the quarterback situation was uncertain, and I think people were really, um, really underestimating the possibility of Jameis Winston not being brought back. Um, You know, if both of these scenarios just felt it was, it was, it it was very hard to envision, you know, first of all, them moving on from Jameis Winston after the fantasy season that he just had, that's the key right there. Fantasy season Um, in, in reality, they won what seven games like that's not the type of thing that you have to absolutely bring back. Number two is also a little hard to envision Tom Brady ever moving on from the new England Patriots, but here we are. It's a reality. Now they've the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had an opportunity to go get a quarterback who knows how to win games and, and who protects the football. They got one of the all time greats with Tom Brady. And now it pushes Jameis Winston out. And I I just wonder, you know, putting aside the fact that, you know, Tom Brady, it's it's going to be much more of a manage the game type of situation for Tom Brady. But put, put that aside for a second, just the fact that, um, you know, people were not expecting the loss of Jameis Winston and what he meant for both of these wide receivers. 
I wonder about that part alone, like forget about who the quarterback is and just focus on who the quarterback is not. I wonder what that's going to do to people's uh, view on both Godwin and Evans, just that part alone, just not having Jameis Winston. I think Godwin was in for a regression anyway. Um, He only had 121 targets last season was the wide receiver two. Yeah. Um, Only only person I really see doing that is Tyreek Hill. Other than that, most of those top five, top 10 guys, maybe not top 10, but top five, at least get like 150 plus targets. So I, I felt like Godwin was in for a, regression anyway but i think he might be safe now with tom brady in fact i i would i really foresee him jumping in adp with tom brady because of tom brady's propensity to throw to the slot receiver do you think do you think he should um i i can make an argument uh to jump juju smith schuster among wide receivers yeah I don't know about should, but I mean, really, when I look at it, if he puts up back-to-back seasons of like, let's just say, twelve hundred plus yards and eight plus touchdowns, then he he's definitely a top five wide receiver at this point. Yeah. Um, and Juju still, I mean, with Big Ben back, I expect Juju to be back to form. But we Ben just started throwing again, so we don't know necessarily how that's going to go this season. So yeah, I mean, I I could see I can see putting Chris Godwin in the top five right now. I don't know if I would do it because I don't necessarily know how this offense is going to look, the mix of Arians and Tom Brady. But um, I think he will jump probably into the middle of the second. Yeah, and then I mean. The the running backs he would have to jump ahead of Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor. Um, and I'm actually, to- I actually, I can think he, I think he can ju- jump Josh Jacobs. Should, yeah, should just jump Josh Jacobs and Jonathan yeah. Taylor anyway. Yeah. Um, but at Josh Jacobs, at the very least, probably Carson Wentz. I could see Juju dropping just a tiny bit to make room for Chris Godwin, I guess. Yeah. What about Evans? What do you, uh, I mean, it, it sounds like, um, you know, we're at least going to take for, you know, we're, we're going to assume here that this is a good situation for Chris Godwin, um, that he's going to be kind of, you know, what Julian Edelman and Wes Welker, um, you know, what those slot receivers have always been for Tom Brady. Maybe that's the case. Maybe it's not, but I mean, he he's never had much of a track record other than one season, 2007, when it was just bomb after freaking bomb to Randy Moss. And, you know, obviously that was what, you know, 13 years ago, he was he was, you know, still in his his 20s, like his his uh, late 20s. So, you know, it's it was beyond that he doesn't have a great track record as far as throwing to those perimeter wide receivers. I, it seems like people are pretty well aware of that. So um, this uh, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm pretty sure he's going to drop, right? Like he probably drops, he might even drop kind of a lot. (laughs) I, there's just this 
weird relationship for names in fantasy football where a lot of people recognize Jameis Winston's not a good quarterback. And I think that maybe people felt that he was holding Mike Evans back. Yeah. And then you get Tom Brady in there and it's like, Oh, it's Tom Brady. He's, he's been a record setter before, but if you really look at it, he's had the lowest a dot of his career. Well, I guess uh, of his career, I think I, I'm looking at air yards and I, it only goes back to 2009 lowest a dot since, um, or through, through 2000 or from 2009 on his lowest, uh, completion percentage and lowest completion percentage above expected, which is minus 4.7%. So he completed 4.7% of his passes less than he should have been expected to. Um, His average yards per attempt was the lowest since 2006 adjusted yards per attempt as well. Um, So it's just, he's not throwing the ball deep. Um, he's never real, like you said, never really been a hu- huge deep ball guy, except for the Randy Moss years, maybe Brandon Lloyd a little bit, but nothing to write home to. He's been a lot of tight ends and slot receivers and, and, um, pass catching running backs. That's yeah. his game. Get the ball out quickly. Yep. And that makes it, I mean, especially with Tampa Bay. Well, actually their offensive line is actually decent. Um, but that's the point is he's probably going to get a lot more shorter yard guys. And that's why Godwin is a good option. Probably gets peppered with more targets. And he's a guy from the slot. Um, Ronald Jones might be a decent buy right now because of that fact, unless somebody like Todd Gurley goes there. Right. A lot of people will make an argument for OJ Howard. I just, I can't right now because of last season and because of Cameron Brate. Yeah. And because Arians just doesn't use, tight ends so yeah i think i think mike evans should drop pretty precipitously at this point like i'm not saying he's a bad receiver by any means but at the same time i just don't love that situation next year so i'm probably taking dj Moore. i'm probably taking galladay ahead of him um there's a couple others uh amari cooper uh julio jones Cortland sutton so really, I could see. I I I think he should probably drop into the fourth at this point. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I'd take um, the the guys that you didn't mention, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. and AJ Brown. I I would prefer those guys at this point. I, I think that there's just my only hesitation with AJ Brown, by the way, is that volume in that offense, and he's a he was a rookie, so right, yeah. Uh, it, but it just, I mean, the fact that he did flash as a rookie and, you know, the fact that what little volume there was seemed to go to him like that, it, you know, they, they really kind of funneled it to him quite a bit. So I don't know. I, I, I'm still pretty optimistic with him. I, I mean, it could be, it could be a down year. It could be kind of a sophomore slump type of thing, but um, just long-term, I think that AJ Brown is in a much better situation. Um, let's see. And then from there, you know, it's, uh, DK Metcalf, CD lamb, Allen Robinson. I, I mean, I still think you put Evans ahead of those guys. Right. But yeah, I, I think Evans might be in for the worst season of his career to date. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so smashed in between those two wide receivers is Josh Allen, who gets Stephon Diggs. Um, just a, a, a bona fide number one wide receiver. Uh, I, does that, but does that really help a quarterback who can't really throw accurately? Like, does that, does that do anything for you as far as Josh Allen goes? Like, does it, does it move him up at all? Does it inspire any kind of confidence beyond, you know, what you already had? I mean, if I'm looking at this ADP, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, probably too high for me. So okay. I think he should be up a little bit higher anyway. But in terms of QB ranks, I'm not putting him above Wentz. So I think he's probably where he should be. He will jump. Guaranteed he will jump. Yeah. Because I'm- of Stephon Diggs trade. He'll go above Wentz for sure. So Ooh. probably middle of the second, I would guess. Yeah. Ugh, that's annoying. Yeah, but you're probably right. Uh, let's see. DJ Moore would be the next one, actually, because now he's got a new quarterback uh, uh, with uh, Teddy Bridgewater uh, taking over the starting role in Carolina. So right now, again, going um, – so he's going at 302. He's going after uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans at uh, at wide receiver and then ahead of Kenny Galladay, Odo Beckham Jr., um, A.J. Brown. Uh, with, with Teddy, does, does that, does it make any a, a difference for you either way? Like, does it move him up or down? I mean, now, you know, it, it, at least in theory, Curtis Samuel, and, and we've talked about Curtis Samuel. I mean, there's, there's some positive regression coming there. Like, um, I don't know. I got a lot of pushback on Curtis Samuel. Really? Oh yeah. Why? Um, People a lot of it pointing to air yards versus Teddy's a dot. Yeah. Which I mean, perfectly fine. It's, it's, it's a fine criticism. The point I was trying to make is that he had targets and, and I think the really what people should have taken away from that is he had targets. His quality of targets were, was like 101st. Yeah. His catchable targets was like 105th and he, he was ninth in air yards. And I think a lot of people expect Curtis Samuel to only be a speedster down the field, but that's not what he was in college. That's not what he, he's being. He's was effect essentially misused in Norv Turner's offense. And I think that now with a more accurate quarterback, he will get more catchable targets and therefore more yards, more fantasy points yeah. is, the ta- is the big takeaway you should get from that. So really, it doesn't move the needle for me in terms of DJ Moore because DJ Moore got a ton of targets and he's more of a short yardage yak guy. Not Maybe not short yardage, but yak guy. Yeah. Whereas Curtis Samuel was not last season, but he can be. Um, he He's more of a get the ball in his hands and let him run as well because he's fast. Yeah. So I like I, I like this move the Teddy Bridgewater siding more for Curtis Samuel, and I just don't think it moves the needle for me on DJ Moore. So he still stays there. And I, mean, I, and I think I think he will. I think yeah, maybe. I mean, I I don't think I, I think the only reason he jumps up a little bit is like Mike Evans drops. Yeah. Um, but other than that, he belongs in the front end of the third. I think he's in the perfect spot at at the wide receiver position. Yeah. So, I mean, I would have took him ahead of Godwin, ahead of Juju. 
Um, I like I would have done that before. And I don't I, I and I agree. I don't think that this changes how I value DJ more. I just I mean, I just I just the the what was it, 1100 yards and double digit touchdowns. And he did that with like the possibly the worst quarterbacking in the entire league. It was it was I don't know, just the how how safe he is. Um, with uh, wide receiver one type numbers like to me that belongs kind of in the same range as guys like Tyreek Hill um, and you know now I probably would have dropped him below DeAndre Hopkins or uh, ahead of DeAndre Hopkins sorry um, so I mean he would have moved up quite a he moves up quite a bit for me I don't think that ADP is going to reflect that though I just I don't think he's going to get the targets I mean, I think he'll get probably similar targets. And it's not like his his targets were like higher risk or less likely to be completed. Yeah. Is my like yes, you get a more accurate QB, but most QBs are accurate within 10 to 15 yards. So I don't that's why I'm not changing it a whole bunch because I don't think he was as, as affected as Curtis Samuel was. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. So some other guys, and I mean, just, it just stopped me when we come to somebody who's affected by the moves that have been made, but, um, and, uh, and we can talk about him when we get there, but we already talked about Baker Mayfield a little bit, gets Austin Hooper. That's, um, you know, doesn't, doesn't really move the needle. Uh, same with Odell Beckham Jr. I, I, I just don't think that the, the Hooper signing really does anything for anyone like with the possible exception of Hooper himself. I just don't know what Stefanski is doing. We don't know what kind of offense he will run. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Let's see. Amari Cooper. We, you know, we mentioned uh, he, he re-signs with Dallas, um, you know, with the, the, Going at three twelve. I mean, it doesn't seem like people were too worried about where he was going to end up. Um, you know, either, either people felt like he was going to end up in a, in a good situation or they felt like the situation doesn't matter. I mean, anything's better than Derek Carr or they were just pretty convinced that he was going to stay in Dallas. The funny funny thing for Amari Cooper is he's had one bad season. Yeah. Other than that, he's been over a thousand yards and, and, uh, five or more touchdowns, eight last year, a uh, couple seven. So it's not like he's been a I, – I, I think people find him disappointing, but at the same time, it's like he has not been disappointing except for one season. I don't yeah. understand the hate for Amari Cooper at this point, James. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely been uh, driving that train. Um, I skipped over A.J. Brown, but, I mean, he he we talked about him briefly, but – you know, he gets Ryan Tannehill back. He gets Derrick Henry back. So, you know, he gets the quarterback and uh, he gets, uh, I mean, that offense just kind of stays intact with the return of, of Derrick Henry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Does that. Is, Where he's going right now, I think is perfect. Okay. I might be a little lower just because he was a rookie, but. Yeah. Like you said, gets Ryan Tannehill back. So. Yeah, I mean, back into the third, where he's going in terms of wide receivers, I'm okay with. Yeah. So what about Henry? Um, 401. 
uh, going after Miles Sanders, DeAndre Swift, who doesn't have a team yet. Yeah. Um, Josh Jacobs, Jonathan Taylor, who doesn't have a team I yet. Really, now I'm starting to see we've really hyped up this 2020 class. And yeah. you're seeing it here where Joe Burrow is going as the QB nine right now, which is wild. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor's going as like the sixth running back, seventh running back off the board. Yeah. Swift. Uh, Swift going in the third, I'm okay with because if he's going to get well, actually, we don't even know that, so maybe not. Without a team, it's tough to take these rookies that high. If it was picks, I would probably take those chances, but yeah, with names to it, it's tough. Um, so you would you would take 103 over Miles Sanders, for instance? Oh yes, I would. I mean, okay. I, I don't understand. Like, okay, Jordan <laughs> Howard's out of the way, but Boston Scott's there. This right. is not ever going to be a single bat or a bell cow back situation. Right. I don't know why people don't understand that. Yeah. Doug Peterson is just not going to do it. So Derek guys like Derek Henry, Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, I'm taking above him. Um, Leonard Fournette. I think I'm taking above him. Yeah. Like what, it, about, what about Henry versus one Oh three. Ooh. See, the thing for me is Henry's just not involved in the pass game. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know. Does he need to be? Probably not. He's probably I mean, a Nick Chubb, Chubb-esque guy, but yeah. That's 103, 103 it, well, in Superflex, 103 is either a quarterback or yeah. or is one of the top three running backs. Yeah. And one of those top three running backs will pet catch passes. Um, yeah. But, I, I mean, my thing is it, DeAndre Swift – is is he necessarily going to be on the field in you know goal to go situations? I mean, he's not small by any means. Yeah, but that's it's just kind of not his game, right? It's not it's not necessarily a power type of game. It's certainly not the way Jonathan right, well, Taylor is. So with like with um with Derrick Henry, yeah, you you get that goal line type of player. Yeah. So you'll get touchdowns, but with DeAndre Swift, you get the pass catcher. Yeah. So, so that's what, our, I mean, what do you want? Well, <laughs> I know what I want. And this is, so it, it turns out we just kind of got to the root of our whole Alvin Kamara disagreement. And it's, it's, it's not even on the player himself. It's kind of a fundamental disagreement on what we want from our fantasy running backs, because I, I do, I want that touchdown upside. I want the guy, Who's going to be on the field, you know, when, when they're, when they're down inside the red zone, I, I, and I'll sacrifice some catches and I get that I'm losing PPR points, but I mean, Derek Henry is going to, he's going to make up for six catches that, uh, that Deandre Swift, um, makes throughout the course of a game simply by falling into the end zone. I, I don't know if I necessarily agree with the argument. I get what you're saying, but I don't necessarily agree with the crux of the argument, I suppose. Really? Because, I mean, Swift is still going to score touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so he it's, will, but... it does, does, let's just say Henry gets 12 rushing touchdowns to Swift's eight combined touchdowns. So basically you're making up what – what, So four – yeah. So 24 points. 
DeAndre Swift is going to catch more than 24 balls. Plus yardage. I, Plus yeah. Yardage. I, I, but I, I mean, and that's a very, very, I mean, very hypothetical. Right. I, that's my thing is like, I would rather have this safety of the pass catcher because touchdowns are highly variable or yeah. relatively highly variable for, for Henry. It's a little bit different because he's a goal line guy, but yeah, and I still think the touchdowns are much more variable than those pass catchers. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I just, to me, Every year we end up like the guys who end up carrying you to a championship. It's with like multiple touchdown games late in the year. You know, it, it, these guys just kind of go on a, a run of of late season touchdowns, kind of like Latavius Murray did just a you know a few years ago with the Raiders. Um, you know, these these uh, you know Todd Gurley um, when he was the, the running back one overall, and it was I mean God he was scoring like multiple touchdowns every single game like you could count on that like that's just to me that's the formula at least like late in the season and in your fantasy playoffs you just want the guy with that type of touchdown upside and you know even if they only do score 12 which by the way to me 12 is a low number for derrick henry but i mean if he gets if he only gets 12, but eight of them are in the last three weeks of the season, like that's, that's what wins fantasy championships. And that's what I need. That's the type of upside that I need. And it it sucks to chase that, but we just see it every year that that's kind of the, the, the key to, uh, to getting that championship. Um, let's see Julio Jones. I mean, loses Austin Hooper. Do, do we care? Loses Devonta Freeman. Like, does this do anything? I would say, if anything, it would jump him a little bit. Yeah. Um, because of volume. I We don't know who they're going to get as a running back. They're definitely going to pick a running back up somewhere and pro- who will be the Swift. starter. Oh, that would be so oh, that'd be sweet. I, I've, been, I've been convinced of that for over a year now. Like it just makes too much sense. But but when I look at it in terms of dynasty startups, Superflex dynasty startups. Yeah. Am I going to take him above Cooper? No. Brown? No. I mean, there's not really anybody in front of him where I'm like, yeah, I'll probably take him. I might even take Sutton ahead of Julio at this point. I would. Yeah. Um. So I think he, but he is kind of where he belongs. He's probably got two more seasons of like high end production. In dynasty, like it's perfect dynasty value because it's like, or it's great dynasty value because you're still going to get two seasons. And if you're looking more than two or three seasons out, you're not doing it right. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I think in startups, I'd be searching for Julio right there. If he's going in the front end of the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it, I, I, I can imagine going like two two quarterbacks and a running back or two running backs and a quarterback and picking up Julio as my wide receiver one and being very happy with that start. Like, is there a scenario like say, you know, you know, with your first two picks, for instance, you went um, pretty running back heavy. Like you're kind of, you're kinda I mean, literally there. every draft that I go into. <laughs> well, yeah. So, okay. So yeah. So you, you start off with Kamara and Chubb. That's kind of probably kind of your dream scenario. I would assume. Yep, I have that combo in a few leagues. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with your third pick though, and it, you know, it's kind of late in the, th- uh, you know, mid to late third. 
Um, you're does are you going Julio or, or Kenny Galladay? I guess that's the question. Well, honestly, the way I do it, I usually go running backs in the first two rounds and then try and get quarterbacks in the next two. So I try and wait at least until the fifth round to get a wide receiver. Um, I'm probably going Sutton ahead of Julio. Um, I'm probably going Cooper ahead of Julio. Yeah. So. What about Galladay? That's the. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going Galladay 100%. Oh, okay. See, to me, it's a, it's a man, like it's situational. It kind of depends on the roster that I've got right at the moment. But, um, yeah, I, I, I could, uh, I could make an argument either way. So I'm good with it. Um, let's see, uh, Rogers, Jared, Goff, Jared Goff, um, 409, uh, loses Todd Gurley and sounds like Brandon Cooks might be on the move. He hasn't been traded yet. Uh, as of this recording, but, um, you know, you've lost one major pass catcher and, uh, could lose another, uh, not as major, but I mean, you know, two weapons out of that offense. Um, what happens with Jared Goff for you? That's tough. Um, he's kind of too low right now. I think so too. I think he would probably, for me, if it was correct in terms of rankings and stuff, he would be probably ahead of Baker and Daniel Jones, really, and Joe Burrow. God. <laughs> I was just going to ask about Daniel Jones, but yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow um, too. Josh Allen is, uh, honestly, I would, man, am I going to say, it? yeah, I would take Jared Goff over Josh Allen. Yeah, I can't. I can't go that far, but. Yeah. What? <laughs> And that's even without those those weapons. He still has really good pass catchers. Yeah. He still has Cooper Cup. He still has Robert Woods. He still has Tyler Higby. Lest and we he, forget Gerald Everett. Yeah, and he's and I mean they've got pass catch. Well, Daryl Henderson is a yeah. good pass catcher. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of why they brought him in to to fill that yeah. role. And above all else, they still have Sean McVay. Like that's yeah. all I need to know. Well, and, and I we need to figure out what Sean McVay's offense actually is at this point. Yeah. There's things shifted around a lot. Um, I think I think he should drop a bit, mm-hmm. but or I I would say he again in in terms of of how I would rank these guys, he will drop a bit, but probably. But I I don't think Joe Burrow should be that high. Um, I don't think Tua should be that high. Um, I. I he probably, I I don't think Baker should be that high. Like these rankings are just so weird to me, or mm. these these uh, ADPs. Yeah. So I, I think he should drop a bit with it, but like not too much. But where he's going right now, he probably will drop behind Matt Ryan and Sam Darnold, possibly Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Um, man, I want to get to so many more, and we're already. I mean, there's so many players that have an effect. We probably need to turn this into a two-week show. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have some more next week to get caught up on. Um, so for now, we'll skip over Matt Ryan. Uh, we'll skip. Um, what about Allen Robinson with Nick Foles? Uh, right now, he's I, going behind C.D. Lamb and D.K. Metcalf. I have to believe he's got a. 
I mean, he's put up good seasons with bad accuracy quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, not good. Allen Robinson still put up a 1,100-yard season last season. Um, seven touchdowns. Yeah. So really returned to, I mean, not necessarily 2015 form. Still only, what is he, 26? 26, he'll turn 27 this season. And he has six seasons under his belt. So he's still, still got like five good seasons left in him. Now with Nick Foles, that will be extremely interesting. I don't think Nick Foles got a fair shake in Jacksonville. Um, so that's that's my main issue is like Nick Foles had a great first half against Kansas City, got injured, and then played uh, three more games, never really got into the groove of things. I don't I just don't think he got a fair shake, but yeah. pretty accurate passer. Um, we'll get around 60%. Um, a lot of the times he'll get 64 plus percent. I need to look up Mitchell Trubisky's. And, and I mean, just to be clear though, the part of the problem here is, is Nick Foles necessarily going there to be the starter? Like he might, he should be, he, he absolutely, he, should be. He, he should be, but there's definitely a scenario here where, Trubisky doesn't even have to compete for the starting job. He just goes into the season as a starter with a very, very short leash. And then it becomes, how long do we have to wait? You know, now that I'm looking at it with Foles, like, I just don't know if it makes a difference. Really? As I look at his numbers, like, he's a mediocre passer too. Yeah. Maybe slightly better than Trubisky, but Trubisky has legs. He can make plays with his legs. Yeah. So I don't know if – I mean, I think Allen Robinson will be fine, but – and people will perceive it as he should move up because Nick Foles should compete for that job and possibly win it. But I don't know if I'm moving him up. Yeah. Because DK at the very least has Russell Wilson, one of the best deep passers in the league. CD Lamb, again, having rookies this high is tough for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I definitely can see him going pat jumping above DK. Yeah. I, I don't know. If he should Really? And I don't know if he should be ahead of Cooper cup. Honestly. Wow. Okay. Or, or even like guys like DJ Chark and, and Calvin Ridley. I just don't know if he should be ahead of them. Like I, I would feel more comfortable with guys like Tyler Boyd, DJ Chark, Calvin Ridley. Um, Cooper Cup, Keenan Allen, even at this point, than I would Allen Robinson. Because if Allen I with uh, Tyrod Taylor, by the way, I mean he's still going to get volume. Is he? Oh, I think so. I mean, who else is going to catch passes there? Him and Hunt. It's there. There's like a triumvirate. It's Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and Austin Eckler, and then Mike Williams every once in a while. Yeah, I just remember back in the the Buffalo days. Tyrod just would not throw to the slot receiver for some reason. He he just he always wanted to go down the field. It was so bizarre because they gave him a million slot receivers and he just wouldn't throw to any of them. Well, if if it's Tyrod Taylor, I we'll see. Yeah, they have to pick up a quarterback in the draft. Yeah, I mean it. It it sounds like Tyrod Taylor is just the bridge yeah. to. It's either Tua or Herbert, most likely, but. 
But, um, but I mean, we're getting away from the point, though, is I would rather have some of these guys behind Allen Robinson than I would Allen Robinson at this point. Yeah. Huh. I mean, all, like I said, all the way back to Tyler Boyd in the back end of the sixth. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, I mean, man, we're we're low on time. Like you said, we're we're gonna have to revisit this next week. Some more dominoes are gonna fall uh, while we're at it. But just real quick, um, let's let's tease this next week because we're gonna have to talk about Stefan Diggs with uh, with Josh Allen, and we're gonna have to talk about Kirk Cousins without Stefan Diggs. Right. I'm not even gonna tell the listeners right now where they're at in ADP, even though, I mean, you can just go to dynastyleaguefootball.com and look it up, but there's even like smaller dominoes here. We need to talk about Hayden Hurst. Yeah. Does he become a startable tight end at this point? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's going to be a lot of guys to talk about here. Um, and like I said, I mean, there's some more dominoes yet to fall that'll uh, make things interesting, but um, so just tease it for the for the listeners though real quick stefan diggs kirk cousins um those guys both falling first of all are they both gonna fall for you uh they have to i think at this point yeah are they gonna fall a lot probably around plus um i'm looking for kirk cousins here kirk cousins oof maybe not like my, my thing is I've been reaching for quarterbacks. Um, so like I get Ryan Tannehill a lot earlier cause I like Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. but I mean, anybody behind Kirk cousins, probably not putting drew lock above Kirk cousins at this point, Herbert, Cam Newton, Jimmy G Ryan Tannehill. I will drew Brees. No. Cause he's, I mean, it's year to year at this point. Yeah. So I, I don't even know if he can drop that much, but I do believe Stefan Diggs will drop probably around plus. Okay. There you go. There's, there's, uh, there's your teaser. Um, not much of a teaser on Kirk cousins, by the way, Kirk cousins is fine. He'll be fine. Just relax. (laughs) You just gave us your full thoughts on him. Um, but we got to teaser on Stefan Diggs. We got a a teaser on a few more names. We're going to have to talk about Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon. Uh, maybe they'll have teams by then and make it a little bit easier for us to talk about them. Um, a, a, a lot of guys, Still without teams, some guys still available. Jameis Winston, wherever he lands, that could be very interesting. Um, he's he's being overdrafted right now, I can tell you that much, considering there's not a starting job left in the NFL for him. But um, there there could be a path back onto the field. So it's it's gonna be that's gonna be an interesting conversation. And we're gonna get back to all of that next week. But for now, we're going to wrap it up for the week. And as we do that, ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also subscribe to the DLF family and podcast mega feed and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed to the Superflex Super Show, if you'd give us a rating and review. Not all podcatchers give you that option, but on the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation and from there we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you the listener and in the vein of listener interaction send us your trades on twitter at superflex show even better send them to any one of us individually stompy's at ff stompy i'm at superflex dude we can retweet them for you help you get more votes and comments 
And sometimes we even bring them here on the podcast and analyze them. And it's about time that we do one of those listener trade, listener mailbag type episodes. We're going to have to get to that soon, too. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song, The Addiction, that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexible.